Hey, good morning everyone. Larry Bailey here with Ridge Lending Group. Uh, as always, these pieces of information uh, we do are supported by Ridge Lending Group. You can find out more information about Ridge Lending Group at ridgelendinggroup.com. You can always email info at ridgelendinggroup.com or you can call at 855-74-RIDGE. So today is May 31st. We're going to go through the week of May 23rd, 2022 in review. Headlines showed that April brought moderating inflation and slower home sales, but that's not the whole story. Here's what you need to know. First, inflation moderates in April, but don't be fooled. Get that kind of little joke there, April Fools. Uh, low inventory continues to impede pending home sales. Completion delays hinder new home sales. Why monitoring jobless claims remains crucial. More signs of economic slowdown are on their way. So first, let's tackle inflation moderates in April, but don't be fooled. The Fed's favorite measure of inflation, personal consumption expenditures, also known as PCE, showed that headline inflation rose 0.2% in April, which was cooler than the estimates that were expected of 0.3%. This caused the year-over-year reading to decrease from 6.6% to 6.3%, which was slightly beneath expectations of 64 the core PCE, which strips out volatile things like food and energy prices, is the Fed's real focus, and that met expectations with a 0.3% rise. Year over year, core PCE decreased from 5.2 to 4.9. So what's the bottom line? While the PCE report showed that inflation moderated in April, we can't be fooled by peak inflation just yet. It's too early to call if inflation has truly peaked because China will be letting up their lockdown soon, which should cause more energy consumption. If you didn't catch the news, uh, actually Shanghai did just start taking down their barriers. Um, so this is right in line with what's actually happening uh, in China. In addition, it's important to note that the annual inflation is calculated on a rolling 12-month basis. This means that the total of the past 12-month uh, monthly inflation readings will give us the year-over-year -year rate of inflation. So, for example, last week's reading for April replaced the data from April 2021 in the calculation. While we could see inflation moderate further over the next two months, given that those readings from 2021 are tough comparatively, the comparisons from last summer dropped to low levels. So we could see inflation start to increase again in the summer months before seeing consistent drops after September. Low inventory continues to impede pending home sales. So you can see on the chart here, uh, we basically go from November to April, and these are the, uh, the rates of pending home sales. Um, so pending home sales, which, me which are the measurement of signed contracts on existing homes, fell another 3.9% in April, coming in weaker than the 2% decline that was expected. So in other words, there was a 1.9% further decline than expected. Sales were also down 9.1% year-over-year, and there's no doubt that higher interest rates are impacting demand, but demand is still hanging in there considering the increase in prices and lack of inventory. So what's the bottom line? The last reading on existing home inventory showed that there were 1.03 million homes for sale, yet there were only 409,000 active listings meaning only 40% of the homes counted as inventory were actually available for sale. So why this disparity? Existing inventory also includes homes under contract that have not yet been sold. 
So the data speaks to the ongoing imbalance in actual supply versus demand. Now we also have completion delays hindering new home sales. So new home sales, which measure the signed contracts on new homes, were down 17% from March to April to a 591,000 unit annualized pace. While this was in line with expectations, the report, the report was actually weaker than it appears because there was a negative revision to March's data. So when you factor that in, sales were actually down 22% from the initially reported number. And year over year, sales fell nearly 27%. So for those that are investing, um, this is not necessarily bad news. This is actually um, not um, unwelcome news, right? Some people might even say, yay. Uh, we went over this last week. And again, the, different, the difference is of the region that you're trying to invest in. So please pay attention to what's happening with sales because lower sales means possible available inventory that you might not have had access to uh, even just a few uh, weeks ago or even a month ago. The median home price came in at $450,600, which is up 20% year over year and points to an increase in higher priced homes sold. Remember that the median home price is not the same as appreciation. It simply means half of the homes sold were above that price and half were below. So what's the bottom line? While higher rates and home prices are having an impact on new home sales, uncertainty is as well. It normally takes six months to build a new home, but today it's much longer and there is little certainty on completion times. I can speak to that firsthand. Uh, it is tough to get people to show up. It is tough to get supplies. It is tough to coordinate that, let alone if you live in an area or you're building a home in an area that has uh, higher rates of inspections. All this can compound the amount of time it takes to complete a home. First-hand experience. Uh, people rarely making moving plans years in advance, and with rates moving higher and fears of a recession, many are not comfortable purchasing a new home that is not completed and does not have a solid finish date. And to that point, while there were 444,000 homes for sale at the end of April, only 38,000, or 6%, were actually completed. The rest either were not started or are under construction. Why monitoring jobless claims remains crucial. So on the chart here, we, we kind of see the initial claims and then the four-week average of claims and then the continuing claims. Largest claims are in California, Texas, and New York State. Initial jobless claims decreased by 8,000 in the latest week as 210,000 people filed for unemployment benefits for the first time. Continuing claims, which measure people who continue to receive benefits after their initial claim is filed, increased 31,000 to 1.346 million. This is coming off the lowest number of continuing claims since December 1969. So what's the bottom line? While initial jobless claims decreased slightly in the latest week, the four-week average is at the highest level since February. Should the upward trajectory continue, it could be an early sign that unemployment will begin to rise, which is another recession indicator. More signs of an economic slowdown. The manufacturing sector is showing signs of a slowdown both globally here at home. After weak readings from the Empire State Index, which measures manufacturing in the New York region, and the Philadelphia Fed Index, 
the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index was also significantly lower than expectations. In addition, the second reading on the first quarter GDP came in at negative 1.5%, which was a slight decline from the negative 1.4% we saw in the initial reading. It will be important to see how the second quarter GDP performs as a textbook definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. So what's the bottom line? The Fed has been hiking its benchmark Fed funds rate to curb inflation, with more hikes expected at their June and July meetings. Note that the Fed funds rate is the overnight borrowing rate for banks and is not the same as mortgage rates. However, there has been speculation regarding whether the Fed will have the help will have the resolve to keep hiking with deteriorating economic conditions. This will be an important development to monitor in the coming months. The Family Hack of the Week, uh, this Friday, coming up June 3rd, is National Donut Day. Treat your family and friends to these scrumptious cinnamon-baked donuts, courtesy of our friends at the Food Network. So first, you preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Spray two donut pans with baking spray. In a large bowl, sift together two cups all-purpose flour, one and one-half cup sugar, two teaspoons baking powder, one teaspoon ground cinnamon, one half teaspoon ground nutmeg, and a half teaspoon kosher salt. I can talk. In a small bowl, whisk together one extra large egg, lightly beaten, one and one-quarter cups whole milk, two tablespoons melted unsalted butter, and two tablespoons vanilla extract. Stir the milk mixture into the flour mixture until it is just combined. That means don't overdo it. Just kind of make sure it's just combined and that's it. Don't, don't overdo it. That's a key thing. A lot of people beat their, their uh, mixes too much and you end up making, a, making it taste different. So just enough is, is good enough. Spoon the batter into prepared baking pans, filling each three-quarter full. Bake for approximately 15 to 17 minutes until a toothpick inserted comes out clean. That would be a wooden toothpick. Cool for five minutes and then tap donuts into a sheet pan. For the topping, melt eight tablespoons unsalted butter into an eight inch pan. Combine one half cup sugar and one half teaspoon ground cinnamon into a small bowl. Dip each donut into the butter and then to the cinnamon sugar. For extra spice, <laughs> dip donuts on both sides. Like, who wouldn't want butter and cinnamon on both sides of a donut? Like, that sounds fantastic. If you didn't count, if you, as long as you're not counting your calories, you're A-OK. And uh, that, my mouth is watering. That's good stuff. So that's the family hack of the week for your National Donut Day, June 3rd. Uh, back to business, what to look for this week. After the market closures on Monday in, ho in honor of the... Uh, holiday for Memorial Day, home price appreciation data for March kicks off the week when the Case-Shiller Home Price Index and the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Price Index are released on Tuesday. That's today. It's happening actually right now. Then key reports from the labor sector will hit headlines beginning Thursday when the ADP unemployment, excuse me, the ADP employment report will give us an update on the private payrolls for May. This is a hint to what's really happening with employment. And then the latest job list claims data will also be reported Thursday. While on Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report for May will be released, which includes non-farm payrolls and the unemployment rate. So this week, it's all about employment, uh, as well as obviously uh, today, Tuesday, 
May 31st, it's all about um, the home price index and uh, how, how, much, how much home prices went up. So technical picture for the week. Last week was, was actually really good for mortgage rates, um, but the mortgage rates could not get above, uh, could not stay above the 50-day moving average. Looking at the trading this morning, it actually uh, looks pretty bleak. Looks like we got pushed back quite a bit. Uh, mortgage bonds ended up doing really well last week, um, but um, we are seeing a lot of uncertainty this week, and we'll have to see how it goes. Please stay tuned for what's happening with Ridge Lending Group in the community. As always, thank you very much for listening. And if there's anything that we can do to help you as a real estate investor, please let us know at 855-74-RIDGE or info at ridgelendinggroup.com. Thank you very much. My name is Larry Bailey. We'll catch you on the next one.